Are you planning a cruise to Alaska? Join us as we review the ports of call you need to see, and stick around to the end of the video for a very special cruise offer tracing the footsteps of Lewis and Clark. My guest today is Larry Jackson, owner of Cruise Holidays of Vieira, located in Melbourne, Florida. Together with his lovely wife and co-owner Linda, they have been specializing in cruises and cruise tours since 2003. Hi, Larry. Welcome, welcome back to RTE Travel Talk. Thanks, Ken. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, wonderful. So, Larry, Alaska cruising is back. So I knew the person I had to talk to about Alaska is you, because I think you've been to just about every port in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And I know our viewers would kind of like to get a handle on what there is to do in the various ports. As I understand, um, quite a number of them are unique, and it's a little quite a, quite a bit different than maybe just cruising around the Caribbean. Very much so, Ken. Uh, there is so much to do in Alaska. I, I, want, I think one of the hardest parts about cruising in Alaska is getting your arms around it because it's so big and there's so much to do. I mean, much like your beautiful Canada, there, there's just so much diversity of things to do. Right. And I think what I want to do today is just give you a couple of my favorites because we could spend hours talking about all the things that are hard to, up to, to do up there. All right. So where do we start? <laughs> well, uh, one of the things to understand about uh, cruising in Alaska, and this is important for the excursions, is we, we only cruise on a little tiny strip of, of Alaska. And okay. it's just uh, between the Inside Passage, which is really the Pacific Ocean, and the Canadian border. There's only a few miles uh, running from Vancouver Island all the way up through um, basically to the almost to Anchorage. And uh, I asked a guide a few years ago, is it why did when America bought Alaska from Russia, why that just little tiny strip there? And they said, just remember fur, remember beavers and otters. Um, the Russians, being in a very cold area, really valued fur to stay warm. Right. Canadians weren't very interested in it. The Canadians were more interested in timber. So they said, okay, we'll let the Alaskans have that seaside. And then, of course, the Americans got that in the purchase of, of Alaska. So that's really what dictates what our excursions do is that little strip of land in the southeast corner of Alaska. And as we cruise the Inside Passage, um, I'll just go over a couple of ports and a couple of things that I like to do in those ports. Um, one, a very nice port that we go to is Ketchikan. Right. And um, Ketchikan is, uh, again, uh, on, on all these ports, one great thing about Alaska is the ship docks right in town. And so you can step right off the ship and there's plenty of things to do in these towns. Now there's things to do outside the towns, but Ketchikan is one where you can spend almost the whole day and never leave the little town there. One of the things I like to do there, they have a lumberjack show, um, and it's it's about six blocks from where the ship docks. And right. they do the uh, they do all the things that uh, and you guys have a competition every year yes. in Canada, um, you know, where they chop the wood and everything. Yeah. It's a great show. It, it's not very expensive. I think it's less than a hundred dollars. Uh, Ketchikan's kind of a shopping port. They have uh, a, a boardwalk area that goes across the river that comes into town there, and they have all these little tiny shops, which used to be houses of ill repute, and they've been converted to. To, uh, curiosity shops now. So that's a, those are the things to do in Ketchikan. One more thing is they have a very good totem uh, display in, in Ketchikan. You can go out and watch the folks actually uh, carving totems. So, so those are the three things that I like to do in Ketchikan. That's interesting. Docking right in, right in each one of these ports is 
is, is almost, almost, um, it's almost like a river cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very. That's true. I, I never thought about that. Yeah. Uh, in uh, if, if I can skip over to another port that I like sure. is Skagway. Uh, Skagway is another port where everything's within walking distance. Skagway is very interesting. It was the jumping off point for miners when they were going to the gold rush. And uh, what you did when you were going to the gold rush, you took a steamboat out of San Francisco and you cruised up the inside passage and you came to Skagway. When you got there, you had to go uh, up a cliff of about 3,000 feet to get to the Canadian border. And before you could enter Canada, which is really the Yukon, which is really where the gold rush was, it had really the United States wasn't really involved, but the Royal Com Canadian Mounted Police required that you bring up 2,000 pounds of supplies because once you got into Canada, they they didn't want to have to go get your body out of the... Uh, so they wanted to make sure you could survive. And they had a list of, of these... 2,000 pounds, what you had to have in the supplies. And um, in Skagway, there's a recreation that the Canadian National Park System has done of the way the town looked in those days, and also a list of all the things you had to bring up. You had to have so many pounds of flour, so many pounds of bacon, and things like that. So you had to get this uh, from down at sea level up to 3,000 feet on this, what's called the Chilkoot Trail. Right. And uh, so these guys hiked up uh, and they would take up maybe a couple hundred pounds, come back down, leave it, go back up with another couple hundred pounds. They might use horses or mules. This went on. Uh, there's a place there called Dead Horse Gulch. With, they found the skeletons over 300 horses and mules in this area. So lo and behold, someone decided to build a railroad. And then they would take the miners right up to the top. And that railroad's called the White Pass and Yukon, Yukon and White Pass Railroads. It's a narrow gauge railroad. About the time they built it, the gold rush was over. Uh, they had mined it out. So the, uh, the uh, railroad basically became a tourist attraction. And it is a great ride. Uh, one day we were on it and... I told, I said, Linda, look, there's a locomotive out there. It must be another train. Well, it was our train. You do such switchbacks that the, <laughs> that was it. When you, when, you, when you get to the top of it, uh, they have benches and everybody gets up and, and folds over their bench. So the folks that were next to the mountain on the way up or next to the view on the way back down again. So that's a real neat little uh, ride. Uh, the White Pass and Yukon Railroad in Skagway. That's, the, that's a really great uh, excursion to take. Wow. Wow, that, that sounds really fascinating. Yeah, there, there are a lot of variations on the railroad when when the borders are back open again. By the way, all things we're talking about are pre-pandemic, and I'm just kind of assuming that they're going to come back again to the same levels where we were. There are a lot of variations on this where you can actually go into uh, the U Canadian Yukon and you can, you can get a little bit more of the experience of what it was like for the miners to get down to where, to Dawson City, which is where they basically where the gold rush was so so skagway is all about the gold rush it's a great town to walk around in and again the recreation of the canadian park service is done there it's just really really nice and so again everything right there in town so where do next okay let's go to Juneau, and i'm doing the these these three stops are on almost all of our alaska cruises okay we have variations of uh, some will be substituted, but these three are the most popular and the ones that you can find. Juneau is the capital of Alaska. Um, it's uh, You cannot drive to Juneau. You can only take a ferry or fly in there. Um, Juneau's great attraction for excursions, as far as I'm concerned, is the Mendenhall Glacier, which is right into town. 
And the uh, National Park in the United States Park Service has built a visitor center right at the base of the glacier there, of the glacier lake. And it's a fascinating place to go. You can take an excursion from the uh, ship. It's a bus ride. It takes you through downtown Juneau, a complete tour, which takes about six minutes of downtown Juneau. Uh, by the way, Juneau is where uh, Sarah Palin said she could look out her window and see Russia. So that's uh, people love to go see Sarah Palin's house. <laughs> and then uh, they have a great fish hatchery, hatchery there. So if it's salmon season, you can go and see the, the salmon uh, cut, r- swimming up the river. And then you can go to the visitor center at the Mendenhall Glacier. And you can actually go out and there's pieces of the glacier floating around the lake. You can pick up a piece of glacier if you want to. But that's a really great excursion just to give you an overview of glaciers. So one thing, one theme that seems to be running through the various ports we're talking about here is excursions. Viewer, a viewer wants to do Alaska, then you definitely want to make sure that you're going to do a couple of excursions in each port. Yeah, exactly. And really to to really, and the guides up there are very, very good. And you also get to meet the people of Alaska if you right. get out and do those excursions. And the folks up there are, they're, they're different. <laughs> they're very independent. They're very much have a frontier spirit. And I, and I really encourage people to get out because you get to meet the folks up there. And that's really part of the, of the experience. Um, the other thing to do in Juneau, um, they have a um, what do you call those things? You, you guys have one in Vancouver. The the uh, it's like a chairlift. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, tram or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. and it goes up to the, th- and they have one there, and it's right where the ship docks, and you can, it, it's very expensive, like 12 or $20 or something like that, and you can go up to the top, they've got all kinds of uh, animal displays, and you can look back down, and it's a great view, so that's the other thing to do in Juno. If you're very adventurous in Juno, this is where you want to, if you want to take a helicopter to one of the glaciers, uh, and actually get off the helicopter and walk around another glacier, this is the place that you do it. And they are very expensive, they usually start around six to seven hundred dollars a person to go up from there so so just warn you about that but uh that's that's juno but for the adventures and 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 those and those with deep pockets Yes, exactly. But uh, boy, people who, now I've never done it because I don't believe in helicopters because I don't think believe they should be flying. But anyway, uh, being an ex-pilot, <laughs> uh, but people who have done them uh, really love the experience. Yeah. Up there. And just one other uh, experience to do in Juneau, uh, they have several of the Iditarod uh, dog camps where they do the training for the dogs during the uh, summertime. And you can go up, you get to meet uh, the dogs uh, and they do sled rides on gravel with wheels so you get a little kind of what the experience of the Iditarod uh, dog racing sleds are like. The Iditarod that's Alaska's version of the Tour de France. Very good yes exactly. Dog sleds Yes, right. That's quite a, but boy, that's uh, Alaska's biggest event. So it's, it's their Olympic Super Bowl all rolled into one. So, uh, oh, very neat, very neat. So, those are the three main ports. Right. What else do we have, Larry? Well, um, a couple of variations. Before I forget, on each inside passage cruise you do, you will go to a glacier. And um, the glaciers created fjords when they came down out of the mountains. And uh, you, you have to remember a glacier is a long river of ice. When you go to the face of it, you're seeing what was a snowflake about a million years ago that's traveled between 20 and 30 miles during that million years down to the water's edge where you're going to be viewing it from a ship. And when you go in, the captain, depending on which glacier, and they're all, there's, uh, by the way, there's about 25,000 glaciers in Alaska. Uh, we only go to about seven or eight of them. But uh, the captain will take the ship in his fat, this 
far in as he can safely, and then you'll do slow 360s so that everybody on the ship gets to watch the glacier, and you get to see the calving, and you, you hear the sounds. Uh, many of the glaciers, they put a United States uh, National Park Ranger on board to tell you about the geology and uh, the history of the glaciers. But one in particular that I like is called Tracy Arm, and uh, it's actually two uh, glaciers at the end of a fjord, but they do have an excursion there in the gla- in the um, in the glacier. And what you do is, as you go into the fjord, you get off the main ship and you get onto a smaller boat, maybe 30 or 40 people. And then you go, you follow the ship into the fjord. But there are some gigantic waterfalls there. I mean, I'm talking uh, five, 600 foot uh, waterfalls. And they go right up to the waterfalls. You, when you're looking at it from the big ship, you can't even realize how big these waterfalls are until you see the little ship go by it. And then they go further. They get closer to the glacier than the than the large cruise ship. And that's quite an excursion. So I, uh, Hubbard Glacier uh, also has an excursion like that. So there are excursions even though your your itinerary is going to say cruising or, or right. glacier. So there, there are there. Another port of call that we're going to more and more now, and this is my number one favorite port of call in Alaska, and that's Sitka, S-I-T-K-A. Uh, I love Sitka. For number one, it was the capital, the Russian uh, territory when they owned Alaska. So the architecture, uh, they have... For a while, it was the only Greek Orthodox uh, cathedral in North America at um, St. Michael's there. So it was a fascinating place to go and see the Greek Orthodox. They have the icons and the architecture. Sitka is a very small town. Uh, maybe three to 400 people year-round live there. A couple of very unique uh, excursions to do there. They have the Totem National Park, and it's uh, a pathway that goes through the woods. And there's, I think, 40 or 50 different totems in there. Um, each one has an 800 number, and you can dial it up on your cell phone and listen, and it'll tell you what all about the totem. Um, the the, the Clinkett Indians, uh, first arrivers, Native Americans, uh, whatever the correct term is today, um, did totems for a lot of different reasons, for weddings, for funerals. Roles. And so it, it, that's a really interesting thing to do. Uh, one other very unique thing in Sitka is they had an old water tank and they were going to destroy it. And somebody said, you know what? We could use that. What could we use it for? And they have a problem in Alaska that when grizzly bears especially mothers with cubs, get into a garbage dump and start eating, they, they don't go out and hunt anymore. And so then they're, you have this grizzly that's living in town. And so they, a lot of times they have to shoot the mother and they wind up with orphan cubs. Well, they bring these grizzly cubs in uh, to this water tank and it's you can, you can sit there in a, in a bench and watch grizzlies about 20 feet away from you perfectly safe. They train these cubs and then they take them back out and release them into the into nature. So that's, uh, Sitka is a really great uh, uh, town. Uh, the people are just wonderful, very much old Alaska. So Sitka, definitely, if you're on a cruise going to Sitka, you probably will have to tender there. That's the only disadvantage. Right. Sitka. Oh my goodness, Larry. All of the things that you're describing here with these excursions in these, in these ports, it's so much different than from being in the Caribbean. Uh, well, obviously for the weather and stuff too, but all adventure based and great, great memories in history. A lot of great, fascinating. History. Yeah, a lot of great history. And um, I, I always say this is a port intensive type of a cruise. Uh, you, there's not going to be a lot of resting. Uh, <laughs> matter of fact, you get back to the ship, you eat dinner, you're in bed, back up again the next yeah. day. Yeah, so. So you're, um, not go- you're not going to Alaska to relax. No, you're not. And, yeah. uh, now, you will have a day or two where you're just um, um, cruising along. Uh, usually, there's at least one day in there where you're just cruising on the inside passage. So, uh, uh, One last port I wanted to talk about, okay. uh, uh, Ken, is 
Icy Strait Point. Now, this is um, this is a port that was uh, created by Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, and they were looking for some additional stops in Alaska, and they went to a place called Icy Strait Point, and there's a little tiny village there of Clinkett Indians. There's only, I think, about 150 full-time residents there. So they went in, they built a pier, they built a uh, zip line. It's, the I think, one of the longest zip lines in, in North America. It's 3,000 feet. And then they do, uh, uh, in uh, Icy Strait Point, one of the great things to do there is to go out and whale watch. And this is absolutely the best whale watching I think you're going to see anywhere in the world. And of course, we're there during the season when the whales from May to September, and that's when they're up and they're breeding and then they're uh, calving and then raising their calves so that they can make the trip over to Hawaii so that they can then uh, feed so they can come back to Alaska. And that's pretty much their routine. Right. But um, Icy Strait Point, another great thing about it, they have a little tram, it's a little golf cart that will take you from the ship over to the village. And you can actually walk in and meet some of the Native Americans. We were walking around the village one day and there was this like metal building in a little tiny sign that says uh, Clinkett Totems. So we walked in and there was this full totem and there was a guy standing there carving it. And uh, and he just, it was fat. I mean, we just, we were in there a couple hours and he's telling us all about totems, all about how they carve them, what they're doing, about the Clinkett Nation, uh, how they lost a lot of their homeland. They're trying to regain it. So that's the kinds of things that you can do at Icy Strait Point. It's a very laid back port, but it's all about wildlife, uh, bear watching, whale watching and those things. So Icy mm-hmm. Strait Point is a great port of call if you see that on your itinerary. That's fascinating. Um, our social media maven and my counterpart for fun travel facts, Heather, she did that zip line in Alaska. Uh-huh. Loved it. <laughs> Froze, but loved it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Ken, we should talk about that. We uh, people talk ask me well, how should I dress when we go to Alaska, yeah. and um, um, uh, basically we run the gamut in the summertime. You, you can start off in the morning at fifty eight degrees, and you can be at eighty five by the end of the afternoon. Oh, wow. So we tell people uh, layers is what Alaska is all about. Uh, don't go out and buy a big fur jacket or you know a parka or something. That, that our, our major thing that we deal with in the summertime in Alaska is rain because uh, they get two thirds of their rainfall in that four month period that we're up. So we encourage people to take uh, extra shoes, especially tennis shoes and things that'll dry fast. Um, you can be you can be in Alaska for seven days and have gorgeous weather, or you can be there for seven days and never see the sun. So uh, it, the only thing we can say about the Alaskan weather is it will vary. But if you take uh, light sweaters, light jackets, and waterproof parkas, then that's the major thing you need. So you don't have to worry about it. It's not like outfitting yourself for a ski trip to Aspen or something like that. So, so is that old adage, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes? For sure. <laughs> that's Alaska. But it, uh, And the other thing people don't realize about Alaska is how, because of all that rain, they think it's all snow, how beautiful the flowers are up there in the right. summertime. because They just explode. And layers are definitely the way to go. Yeah. Well, Larry, this has been really, really, really informative. I'm sure our viewers have got a lot, a lot of information out of this. If they want to uh, reach you and Linda for more information on cruise, how? What's the best way to contact? Well, I think uh, the website that you so professionally uh, make for us, uh, justcruisingviera.com, there's a lot of ways on there to, to uh, send us an email. You can uh, call us from all over the world at 321-242-1331. And uh, we got a great answering machine if we don't happen to be here. Uh, we may be out cruising because we're, we're starting up again. So uh, it's, it's, we're off to the races. Now, speaking of you and uh, you folks going out cruising, what's in the mail? You got any... We got 
got any special cruises planned for the next little while or anything in particular going to Alaska that you're keen on? Or well, We're hoping to go to Alaska in September, but that one's up in the air right now. But okay. one that I can tell you about that we're really excited about, American Cruise Line, Columbia and Snake River Cruise from basically Spokane, Washington over to Portland, Oregon. Okay. Uh, it retraces the, the steps that Lewis and Clark took uh, back when they were surveying the um, the Louisiana Purchase for, for Thomas Jefferson. This is a beautiful, beautiful trip. It's more, uh, we're going to be on the uh, American Cruise Line's Harmony, brand new boat, 190 passengers, um, all balcony staterooms. The staterooms we have are 316 square feet. And that's that's like almost double what we're used wow. to. Yeah, uh, it's a great itinerary. Uh, all the information is up on our website, up on justcruisingviera.com. And if you look under special offers there, you can see all the information about it. But we'd love to have you join us. We have a group uh, rate on this with a special discount on it. And uh, it's going to be, we're going in October. We're leaving October 12th through the 20th which is one of the prettiest times to be up in the northwest part of the United States. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that when you come back. Okay. Maybe we'll do something from on board. and uh, We're getting good at that. So. Yeah, we are. All <laughs> right. That, you know, that sounds like a really good idea. Okay. All right, Larry. Well, once again, this has been very informative. Here's a wish to, for you and Linda for happy travels, and we hope to see you on the Lido deck real soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Ken. We appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. And that about wraps things up for today, folks. That's a very special thanks to my guest, Larry Jackson of Cruise Holidays of Viera. If you'd like to reach Larry, I'll leave his contact information in the description, as well as a link to his American Cruise Line's upcoming cruise on the Snake and Columbia Rivers. If you'd like to reach us, leave a comment, send us an email to questions at Real Travel Experts, or visit our website, realtravelexperts.com. We always respond, and we'd love to hear from you. And as always, folks, a like, a subscribe, and a ring of the bell is always appreciated and helps us spread the word. So until next time, happy travels. <laughs>